All right, everybody, welcome back to Telecom Radio One and the new series, Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. I don't know if I can call this guy a nerd, though. I, I really think that would be a bad idea because he really he heads up the Hells Angels division of IT. Not really, but today we've got we've got Brent Chug on the show, man. Hey, thanks for being on the show. You've got a you got a great past, man. You got some great experience here. Uh, obviously, Harley Davidson was one of them, man. And I like to start off the show if we can with a, a PG thirteen story or just you know some sort of good story from the past. It doesn't really have to be PG thirteen. I guess we could go above that, and I could you know I could beep out some things and edit out some stuff that maybe the uh, the sensors might the, the LinkedIn sensors might get me. But anyways, man, welcome to the show. Why don't you start off with uh, just give us a good story, man. Well, you know, it's, uh, Harley is uh, Harley was a great company. It's, it's uh, I always say it was, you know, it was a great ride. I was there for about four and a half years, and uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy who really likes. Um, I like to tell it black and white. You know, this is the way it is, and um, yeah. I kind of, I tend to be pretty colorful in that as well. But you know, it was great while working for Harley. It was just um, you know, it, it's a lot of folks who really love to ride, and it, and I think that's something our, maybe even our customers uh, didn't quite ever understand. I mean, we were riders ourselves. So there was that mentality as well. So, uh, yeah, they could get pretty colorful. They could get, uh, you know, you talk about, you know, PG 13. I mean, there was, there was conversations that could get pretty interesting, uh, because it's just a lot of it's that mentality and, you know, those kind of people that are very passionate for the bike, they're passionate for the brand and, and for what they do. And, uh, so, you know, made, made a lot of things interesting, you know, the projects and the conversations. And I was working on the, uh, uh, you know, the HD, the HD connect. Um, uh, program and that was that was um, you know that was great that they just talked about that released that not too long ago and um, so, so tell me know, a little bit about that it's, kind of you know refresh me because I'm not you know obviously I work across many industries so but give me a, you know give me the background on the HD Connect and and what it was was it a rollout you know what, what does it look like yeah so I mean it kind of started off right you know so they're uh, you know the live wire the electric bike. Um, you know, very important for Harley Davidson. You know, it's a, a key, you know, key component in their strategy to really get a different uh, level of customer. You know, you, you've seen the, uh, the, you know, things in the media and the news around, uh, you know, motorcycle riders are, are decreasing. Um, we've got, you know, millennials, we've got folks these days who they just don't ride. And I, my personal belief on that is, uh, you know, they, they, they didn't learn to ride a bicycle. You know, the kids today, you know, they ride, they play <laughs> video games, they don't ride a bike. So, making the, the connection between, you know, two wheels from, you know, pedaling to power, yeah. uh, maybe, maybe it's where there's a thing. So in the, the live wire, you know, it's electric bike. Um, uh, I think one of the big key things with that is, you know, you don't have to shift it, right. You know, for those yeah. uh, millennials and then, you know, the new folks out there riding, you know, the clutch thing scares them to death. And oh, we're going you know, to get hammered by a bunch of millennials right now. You really, it's, uh, you know, it's, I hope we do. well, it's, it's just, it's just what it is, but I mean, they don't, uh, <laughs> They don't know how to, you know, drive a stick shift, so they, they tend to have a problem sometimes on the bike. So, but you know, it's just electric, it's green, it's you know all the things you, you know you want. But uh, you know, within that, there's a there's a user experience that needs to be had, right? You know, so if you're you're charging your bike somewhere at a you know a charging station, it's you know, how does my mobile app show me you know that it's charging? How do I understand the battery level? What do I, yeah. you know, what's the whole experience with that? So the connected, um, you know, the HD Connect was was part of that. How to deliver. Um, you know what the bike, you know the brains of the bike, uh, yeah. new to you know to that customer. So you see that all the time. You know, 
Uh, GM's done it with OnStar. You know, other people have done it. Uh, the challenge is you, know, you don't have a lot of um, footprint on a motorcycle. It's uh, you know not a lot of space to put you know those cool gadgets and the technology and uh, and then you know just there's just a lot of things about it that are different. So a lot of similarities, but then also a lot of differences. So it, it was fun. I'm looking at this bike right now. It's actually really, really sweet. Um, I don't know if I'd get made fun of for riding this bike and showing up, you know, at some biker rally or something like that. But I actually want this bike looking at it. It's a pretty sweet bike. I'll tell you what, it's the fastest bike I've ever been on. I mean, it's so, you know, it's, it's twist and go. So, you know, you're not shifting through the gears. You're not, uh, you know, it's, it's like the old sick. Teslas, you know, you see the YouTube videos and they're mm-hmm. beating, you know, some pretty uh, substantial muscle cars in the quarter mile. It's the same thing with this bike. You know, it's, it's a bike huh. that uh, you better be able to hold on if you want to twist that throttle because it'll give you one heck of an experience. So it's, it's a fun bike. It, this thing is amazing. Um, how much do I need to pay to go pick one of these up? We're, we're way off the subject on IT right now, but I don't care. Uh, how much? No, I, I think they're, you know, I think the, I think those models are, are just under 30 grand. Or so, so you know, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff in them, right? You know, that's, and that's the Harley quality of art. You know, a lot of a lot of things behind them. So we'll have to see how that market you know continues on. I know some others are, are doing electric bikes and you know do a little differently. So, so I know you. I know you're over at um, Ortho Clinical Diagnostics right now, which is a totally different environment. Um, so why don't a lot of times I like to focus on end users. So I'm assuming. IT directors have all different types of end users. If you're in construction, you did you get a different type of end user. If you're in trucking, you know you're, you're dealing with uh, truck drivers using uh, mobile phones and various different tablets and things like that. So you got a different flavor of end user. What was the end user flavor over? Like you said, colorful people, color, however you want to describe it, over at Harley. But what was it like? Were there any um, you know? butting heads with end users or any tricks to maybe communicating with end users, whether it be, I don't know, dealing with email phishing or something, I don't, whatever it is you guys are rolling out. Um, any, what's kind of like the, uh, what, what's your approach with end users there? So, you know, my approach is, uh, you know, it's pretty consistent. Uh, it doesn't really matter who the user is. And, and I, you know, by, I, I think probably the longest thing I've done in my career that, you know, probably, you know, the one thing I probably did the, the most or the best or whatever uh, is enterprise architecture, and I, you know, I'm a big picture thinker, so I've got to understand the whole, ver- you know, the overall landscape. What it is we're trying to do? You know, I'm, I'm a guy who's going to talk to you about, you know, business capabilities and and uh, strategies, and you know, what are you trying to achieve, and and those sorts of things. So, you know, I tend to have those conversations with business users. You know, it doesn't matter about what, because uh, you know, technology. When you talk with end users and business, you know, business folks, it's you know, a lot of times you use IT as just um, you know an execution engine for whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. And, you know, there's not a lot of times, you know, a partnership, uh, you know, an overall long-term strategic partnership. So I tend to try to turn those conversations around and say, you know, what are you trying to do? Uh, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, um, and so, you know, with, with, you know, beyond that, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy who likes to have very black and white, uh, uh, you know, conversations around, well, this, you know, this doesn't fit the strategy. This isn't what, you know, we're trying to achieve. Uh, you know, we don't have the capabilities to do these things. So I set those expectations very, clear, very clearly up front. Uh, we talk around, you know, what we can do, what we can't do, uh, what we need help doing, um, and just kind of throw out, uh, you know, all of those things that tend to cause, you know, issues down the line. Um, so I've, I've always been a big picture thinker, um, and I try to help our business partners uh, do the same and understand that IT can, uh, you know, can really play a role in that. Uh, which is, 
you know, something that a lot of tech professionals can't do because they, you know, they're focused very, uh, you know, intently on the technology mm. uh, component. And from my perspective, the technology is the easy part. Yeah. Uh, it's the, you know, it's almost the afterthought. So I know I, I kind of glaze over when I start hearing these, you know, these very technical conversations and, you know, blah, 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 I just can do this. And they just it's like, you know, it's just another technology. You know, I, I buy technology all the time. Uh, I've got, you know, <laughs> thousands of vendors out there that do this and do this. Mm. And, it, you know, it, that's generally the easy part. But what is it you're trying to do? You know, what is it you're really trying to get out of this? What are the, what are the conditions of success, the business goals? Is it revenue generating? Is it cost mm. reduction? I mean, there's all of those things. And, and then, we, mm. then we work backwards. I love that. I'm, I'm fascinated with the, um, the, the, all of the ideas around a, a partnership. In fact, I mean, I've, my program's called the, the partnership method. Um, so I think in the idea there is taking technology and bridging the gap from kind of the, you know, we got a lot of engineering mindset type people where it's like, you know, what's the problem? I will fix it. Right. And that, oftentimes is the problem in it of itself because it's not just a problem in how to fix the problem. It might be much more global. It might be much more have to do with the partnership and how is it going to affect the business acumen side. And just because you're fixing this problem might be very kind of one, uh, one-sided or kind of tunnel vision type way. So I don't know if that makes sense to you, but maybe speak a little bit more around your, how do you view your philosophy with vendors? Because one of the things that annoys me the most is one-sided contractual agreements. And I think you find that a lot in the voice and data industry where I come from, where you've got, well, it's just, I've got to go buy a Comcast circuit and there's nothing I can do except, you know, deal with this necessary, I don't want to call Comcast a necessary evil because they're a, a huge vendor of mine and I love <clears throat> Comcast. But a lot of times you find telecom agreements being uh, one Decided. Um, so how do you deal with that from a kind of partnership perspective? Because I believe we need to bridge the gap and, and, the gap and create those partnerships so that you always have someone there that cares about your business, your unique culture, um, and what you're trying to accomplish from a business acumen standpoint. So sorry, that was a lot of information. Let me summarize. How do you get a, the, these technology-minded people, that might, might, the conversations you glaze over, to think more more from a business acumen standpoint. And does that mean they have to partner with the right people? Yeah. So I, I you know, I, if, if someone asked me what, you know, one of the biggest challenges, you know, that I have seen in the, you know, the tech business, um, you know, in my past, you know, I'd say the past 10 years or something is, um, <clears throat> you know, it, you talk about contractual and you talk about uh, partners and, and that sort of thing. So only, you know, my story is, um, you know, We've got a lot of the big vendors out there. You know, you take the SAPs of the world, you know, the Salesforces and, you know, the IBMs, Oracles, whomever. And they all now play within a lot of, you know, the same spaces. And as a company, you know, like when I worked at Harley, you know, one of the, one of the examples I'll give is, you know, there was, you know, you had a business capability to provide or you had something to, you know, to produce. Um, you know, we had a, we were lucky uh, and Harley was very lucky from, you know, a lot of you know those key strategic partners, those you know big big name vendors with great products. Um, you know we had them all, and there was a lot of overlap in what they could all provide and what they could all do. Um, so it became this interesting thing where you're trying to build out an enterprise architecture, or, you know, or solve a solution or a landscape uh, kind of issue. Is 
how, you know, which one of these do I use? Because SAP and Oracle and you know, IBM and you know, whomever else, they had you know, overlaps in the functionality. So it became this, well, you know, what's the best contractual relationship we have and what's this and what, you know, how do we make these things tie together? So it became, you know, really interesting, um, you know, to solve those kinds of problems with, you know, the landscape that we had because you know, I could do it. I could, I could solve one problem uh, seven to 10 different ways. And um, so, so it became, yeah, what's, uh, what's the contractual terms and do we own this already? You know, it, it became really interesting with that. And it, it's, um, you know, I thought some of the partners, you know, there's some partners out there that could, uh, you know, could really, you know, understand what others were doing, what their competitors were doing and probably make things a lot easier. Uh, you know, for, uh, like for us IT guys. <laughs> yeah, well, I can tell you that person definitely exists. It's me, um, and all my and all my uh, colleagues in my company. <clears throat> but um, yeah, there's definitely some areas where where partnering makes your life easy. And I think what you're what you were speaking to there even uh, is is beyond the IT sprawl. Uh, sometimes there's the IT sprawl, and we're just trying to we're trying to eliminate. But like you said, when there's overlaps, uh, what are the key APIs? Um, you know, who, who's going to provide better support, uh, which company, which company is, which company is about ready to, you know, go out of business. Um, I think another good example is maybe some, a lot of Microsoft products and you might be dealing with, you know, 0365. I don't know the last time you had to do an 0365 migration. Um, but you know, some people have, some people take that approach as I'm going to call Microsoft support direct and deal with them. And quite frankly, no, you're not, that's just not going to be a fun experience. And there's a lot of other niche providers out there. Um, Rackspace actually happens to be a great one, um, uh, at providing 0365 support. Um, and I've seen, you know, other small companies provide that support and, and people just move licenses over to Rackspace, for example. And, and all of a sudden now you've got an enterprise level support team supporting your 0365 and you're not calling 1-800-GO-POUND-SAND. So I don't know if that's a good example, but that's kind of how I saw it. Yeah, you know, there's, like I said, there's a, there's a lot of uh, folks out there who, you know, do uh, things very well. There's a lot of overlaps and it's, uh, you know, it's not as much of a, well, I need to go to this person to do this or this person to do this. It's, you know, which one do I pick and do I, do I go all in with one or uh, do I look at the best of breed? Uh, you know, it's, there, there's a lot of different ways. And that, that kind of thing is why, uh, number one, why you need an enterprise architecture. And number two, it's sometimes what makes it a little more, um, you know, complicated to develop. Awesome. So why don't you just take, take me into your current position now? Cause obviously you've got a lot, you've, um, it sounds like you have, is your team now bigger or, or smaller, uh, to the, um, one that you had at Harley? You know, I think, uh, ortho overall is a, you know, a little smaller company. You know, they're a carve out from, um, Johnson Johnson owned by, you know, Carlisle, mm-hmm. um, you know, currently. And, um, yeah, you know, you know, a little smaller, um, but uh, I think more focused. Uh, they're very focused on what they're trying to do, so it's you know, it's kind of fun. I, I uh, moved into the um, um, you know, supply chain and operations uh, mm-hmm. team, and, and uh, that's fun. I've done you know supply chain over the years. Um, started doing supply chain back when I was at a utility company, just doing B two B and EDI uh, kind of things, and uh, you know that was fun. So I've, I've always stayed in touch with supply chain, but uh, it's, it's kind of interesting to focus on that domain um, and really learn, you know, more of the depth. Uh, mm-hmm. I think sometimes in the enterprise architecture role, you don't, you know, you're, you're touching on a lot of things and uh, from a, you know, the 30,000 foot level, 
Um, so now I'm down probably more in the, you know, the, what we call the steeple level, you know, the moon level and steeple level. So I can, mm-hmm. I can really see, um, how things are working with that. So I'm, uh, I'm working in relationship management. Um, and that's, you know, that's one of those things that, um, is sometimes a challenge for, for IT people to do is, you know, you got to understand that the relationships are what everything is really about. Uh, you know, how do you, how do you work with your business partners? How do you work with your internal IT relationships? And, and that's, uh, you know, it's one of the things I contribute, you know, some of my success in my career is, you know, been able to figure that out. Um, you know, it's just how to develop interpersonal relationships, those, those skill sets. And, and you'll find that from any, you know, the Gartners and out of the world, it, if that's what makes a good enterprise architect, but it's, you know, it's just what makes a good um, practitioner of IT in general is how to, how to understand what those are and build those. So. Yeah, that's great. And a lot of times we talk about, you know, what does it take for an IT person to grow in their role? Yes, the certifications are important. Um, yes, the education matters to a certain degree, depending on who, on where you're applying. Um, but these type of soft skills and interpersonal relationship skills, um, I, I don't know if you can really go to school for that. I mean, yeah, you could. I mean, you know, we can send people to, uh, I don't know, Franklin Covey and we, or you know, St- Stephen Covey's courses. We can, we, can, we can send them to Tony Robbins and all these various different things. I don't know if there is a Tony Robbins of IT communication. That's actually an interesting idea. But um, any, you know, any if you had a best practice there or or one thing that someone could walk away with, or, you know, whatever that is, is there something for our listeners out there listening right now that they can take from you and say, hey, wow. I never thought of it that way. Here's something that I can go back and implement and do. And it doesn't have to be around the end users or leadership. It could be around anything, actually. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of things. But, you know, my, my, my challenge for IT professionals, and this is one thing, I have a, you know, a daughter who is, who's now in IT. She's a, she's a big data, a big data you know, person. Did a lot of math and statistics and stuff in college. And, you know, so and we got the, you know, we got a lot of chance to talk about that. And she actually did an internship at Harley Davidson, which was really interesting to have your daughter, you know, working in the same department and a lot, you know, mm-hmm. go to the same meetings together. In some cases, it was, it was really, uh, you know, really kind of an interesting thing. But, <laughs> you know, what I would try to impress upon her was, you know, how, you know, it wasn't as much about the technology. And I, you know, I think I said this earlier on in our, our discussion area, the technologies only the easy part but you no know, I, I go back to you know one thing it's you know harley was a great company did a lot of things you know the reason they're successful is because the way they operate you know they're, they're, they're phenomenal um and they had this program you know we called value behaviors and that's what you know we as employees live by and there were certain things around us you know we and we had you know raiders who would you know rate us on this you know yearly and you know, give us this feedback and scoring kind of thing and it was you know simple things you know are you honest uh, you know, do you deliver what you're supposed to do, what you say you're going to do? You know, it's all of those things that, you know, really were, were so important. It, it was, you know, really based around that. And that, that was really something to aspire and to live to. So that was, you know, I, I think I maybe, uh, maybe heard this, the part where I was, you know, my daughter was doing an internship with me, uh, we were at the company, you know, in IT and she's doing an internship at Harley. And I really got a chance to focus with her and say, you know, look, it's, you know, not always about, the latest and greatest technology, you know, it's about whether or not, you know, people want to work with you. <laughs> you know, there's a big difference in that. You know, you could be the most technically correct, uh, you know, guru, uh, beast uh, kind of person. But, you know, at the end of the day, if, you know, if they don't trust what you're going to do, if you don't have the communications, if you don't, uh, you know, follow through, mm-hmm. you know, eventually they're, they're not going to, you know, you're going you're to lose that, um, 
yeah. that connection and you're kind of going to kind of be out. So it's like they say, when you go in an interview, you're really inter- the other, other person on the other side of the table is thinking, do I want to work with this person? <laughs> you know, that's, there's a lot of truth to that. Exactly. And the, exactly. One thing that's, um, the one thing that good companies do really well is help people become better people. So, you, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff that we don't get in schooling growing up, which is one of my, uh, one of the reasons why I actually homeschool my kids is they don't teach kids how to be, necessarily responsible or understand how to choose their response to life and they're they're responsible for themselves responsible for their actions what do you care about what type of person do you want to be what are your values um you know what is your vision or you know what do you at least see yourself doing over the next whatever it is five years or 90 days what do you actually want to accomplish how are you tracking that and how is that affecting the people around you and every time you open your mouth right that one of the things that gets us in the most trouble is every time we open our mouth what does that say about us so um, and all that, you know, within a larger company obviously affects so much. Um, if, you, if you love coming into work, man, that's, that's probably one of the greatest things ever if you love coming into work. And unfortunately, there's, you know, the, the bureaucratic sprawl. Um, I wish I could say that everyone, uh, everyone loved their job in the world and didn't feel like, you know, they were being abused by the bureaucracy. Well, you got to love your work, and, and I always have. I, I, I love both aspects. You know, the, the, I say both aspects. You know, you got the technology piece, which is, you know, that, that's probably why we all got into this, right? Now we're all, you know, I always say I'm a geek, you know, an IT geek, and kind of use that, you know, humorously. But uh, it, it's, it's the part, you know, I, I own all the latest stuff. I've got, you know, I got to go buy it when it comes out. I mean, I get that, you know, but uh, at the same time, there's, there's a reason we do that. It's the people, and it's, it's, it's what we're trying to achieve. It's what's the goal for the business. And, and that's fun, you know. When you see, um, you know, profits go up, revenue up, uh, strategies realized, uh, you know, that's what that's what really keeps you going to work. And, and I've had some I've had some great uh, some great runs and worked for some great companies, and uh, you know, it's been it's been it's been fun. Yeah, th- those I find to be the two biggest things nowadays. Uh, at least two biggest themes that that IT needs to be taking on is, uh, you know, really that interpersonal drive, and then the business acumen piece of actually being able to drive revenue versus being a cost center. So, Ben, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. This is actually a lot of fun. And I, and you should have never told me about that bike, even, even though I should be up on this type of stuff. Um, because I, I like the idea of this electric bike, even though um, it does take me away from, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, I think they'll sell out of them. So you, if you want one, I'd say you probably need to go hurry sign up for them. They're, they're pretty popular. It's, hey, uh, hey, honey, I got no, the next 30 phenomenal. grand is going over here. Uh, so, <laughs> so, hey, man, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for being on the show. I hope you have a yep. great day. And uh, hopefully we can have you again on soon here. Thank you very much. 